RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. All 47 pro-democracy figures are remanded in custody after a marathon bail hearing, leaving some family members outside the court in tears. And the MPC adds electoral reform in Hong Kong to its agenda. A national security magistrate has granted bail to 15 pro-democracy activists and politicians charged with conspiracy to commit subversion, only to remand them in custody once again after the Department of Justice sought a review of his decision. 31 other defendants in the case were all denied bail outright. 25 of them will appear before the court again on Friday next week for a review of their bail arrangements, while the actual hearing has been adjourned to the end of May. Damon Pang reports from West Kowloon Court. Chief Magistrate Victor So decided that he had sufficient grounds to believe that 15 defendants, including three former legislators, Helena Wong, Jeremy Tam and Kwok Ka Kee, 10 district councillors, along with social worker Hendrik Loy and about Thai founder Mike Lam, would not continue to endanger national security if they were freed on bail. Prosecutors, however, immediately applied for a review of his decision and the magistrate said he therefore must remount all defendants in custody and order them to appear in court again within 48 hours. He rejected their applications from 31 other defendants, saying he did not have sufficient grounds to believe they would not continue to endanger national security. The group, including around a dozen former lawmakers, are charged with conspiracy to commit subversion in connection with the primary post the pro-democracy camp held last summer to pick candidates for LegCo elections that never took place in the end. They are accused of plotting to overthrow the SEL government by hoping to win more than half the seats in LegCo and then vote down the administration's budget, forcing the chief executive to resign. Some family members of the activists wept after hearing the outcome, with one collapsing in tears outside the court building. Others criticised the prosecutor's move to review the decision to grant 15 of them bail, saying it was politically motivated. Nicole Yu, the newlywed wife of activist Lester Shum, who's been denied bail, said she's saddened but had expected this result. She said she will appeal against the decision and she also criticised the court's arrangements for the marathon hearing. The information is not sufficiently given to the public. I couldn't see my husband even I am here for four days for the hearing. I cannot meet him at all because I'm not allowed in court one. I can only see him through a really tiny television. I think that's very unfair, no matter for the defendants or for their family. A resolution on overhauling Hong Kong's electoral system has been placed on the agenda of the National People's Congress, whose plenary session begins tomorrow and ends next Thursday. The state-run Xinhua News Agency reported that an item titled Improving the Electoral System of the Hong Kong SAR is listed seventh on China's top lawmaking body's agenda. MPC spokesman Zhang Yesui spoke through an interpreter. The developments in recent years show that the electoral system needs to be improved to keep abreast with the times and to provide sound institutional guarantee for the full and accurate implementation of the one country, two systems and the principle of patriots administering Hong Kong. The National People's Congress is the supreme organ of state power. It exercises its functions and powers under the constitution and the basic law, makes the decision to improve Hong Kong SAR's electoral system consistent with the constitution. This is the power of the MPC as well as its responsibility. 
Pro-Beijing figures believe the MPC Standing Committee will come up with the details of the changes after the MPC passed the resolution. One of them, Lao Su Kai from the Chinese Association of Hong Kong and Macau Studies, said the reform showed Beijing's determination to rectify Hong Kong's political chaos. He said the move is largely to protect national security and having the MPC pass the decision would give it more legitimacy. Former Chief Executive C.Y. Leung says reforms to the SAR's electoral system are needed to stop what he called puppets of foreign governments getting into power. Mr. Leung made the comments in an interview with RTHK, saying nowhere allows non-patriots who oppose their own country to be elected to positions of power. Mr. Leung also described as a diversion discussions about whether loving Hong Kong and China also meant having to love the Communist Party. The High Court has revoked bail that it previously granted to legal academic Benny Tai as it reserved judgment on whether he and other leading Occupy Central activists could lodge an appeal against their public nuisance convictions and sentences. The prosecution called on the High Court to consider passing a higher sentence if it considered the 16-month jail term previously handed down to be too low. You're listening to RTHK. It's exactly five minutes past 11. A Washington-based think tank has removed Hong Kong from its annual ranking of the world's freest economies. The SAR had previously topped the Heritage Foundation's list for over two decades, but now the group says the SAR no longer has autonomy over its economic policies. Financial Secretary Paul Chan hit back at the think tank, saying it's politically biased. I do not agree that our economic policy has been taken over by the central government. Uh, What I do think it seems to me the decision of excluding Hong Kong from the report is not justified. Uh, it seems to me the, when they arrive at that decision, it must have been clouded by their ideological inclination and political bias. Kevin Choi, an associate professor of economics at Clemson University in South Carolina, says the think tank's move is pretty inconsequential. I don't think it's a big deal. It's not anything like a rating from the financial institution. I think people get the impression that this is a big deal because the government, our government, has, has been making a big deal of this ranking. Because we've been ranking really high, uh, I think we're at the top, uh, according to that ranking. But then, from the academic point of view, that ranking has, has very little correlation with the economic role or the openness of the economy or, or anything. Health authorities say it's too early to conclude that the COVID-19 outbreak here is easing, even though Hong Kong reported just six new local cases today. The source of infection could not be traced for only one case. It involves a 69-year-old security guard. The building where he lives, along with his place of work, have been put under mandatory testing orders. Dr Chuang Shuk Kwan from the Centre for Health Protection said the man's colleagues would also be sent into quarantine. We'll quarantine those who share meal or close contacts with him and also those who share the same security station or room. So maybe one or two because this is a residential building security guard. If they are sharing the same room in different shifts, we will quarantine the other security guards as well. There were also three imported cases and fewer than 10 preliminary positive cases. The government says people are still keen to be vaccinated against the coronavirus, even though official figures show the daily number of inoculations dropped by more than a 1,000 yesterday. The decline came as news broke that a man died two days after getting a jab made by mainland firm Sinovac, though an expert panel has concluded that the vaccine did not cause his death. 
Samuel Kwok, a doctor at the centre in Jordan where the man got his jab, said 95% of people who made bookings showed up yesterday. But he said there had been more inquiries about vaccine suitability. I think it's just reasonable and it's expected because when people are more concerned, they want to know more. Because of this news of the, of the patient that has died earlier on, they worried about whether they, when they got some chronic illnesses, especially uh, whether it's stable or not, whether it's suitable for vaccination, they want to know. The Ombudsman has called on the government to guard against possible fake COVID-19 vaccines. Francis Sit with that story. While inoculation programs are being run by governments around the world, coronavirus vaccines may also become available in private hands in future. The ombudsman pointed out that drug manufacturers may supply the jabs to the private markets in individual countries, and that could lead to the emergence of fake vaccines. Winichi called on the government to play the role of gatekeeper properly to guard against them. She said not only authorities must make sure jabs taken by the public are up to standard, accurate information must also be given to people. Ms Chu said the government should review the way information about serious incidents is given out and boost the transparency of newly introduced vaccines. The city's top court has agreed to hear a challenge by Sixtus Leung, who's seeking to overturn his conviction for unlawful assembly. The ousted lawmaker and his former Youngspiration colleague Yao Wai Ching were charged over their attempt to force their way into a LegCo meeting in 2016 when they were trying to retake their oaths of office. Timmy Sung reports. Sixtus Leung was one of half a dozen lawmakers who were eventually disqualified over the oath-taking saga at the start of the LegCo term in 2016. He was charged and convicted of a novel assembly in 2018 for the attempt to force his way into the electrical meeting and was jailed after losing an appeal last year. He then took the matter to the Court of Final Appeal. Mr Leung argued that for an unlawful assembly conviction, the prosecution must prove that his action would cause people at the scene to reasonably fear that he would commit a breach of the peace. The court said his case was arguable and fixed a hearing for June the 22nd. Last December, Mr. Leung said he had fled Hong Kong and is seeking political asylum in the United States. He also faces bankruptcy proceedings after Lechko demanded that he return almost a million dollars in salary and other funds that he received prior to his disqualification. The state-owned English-language news network CGTN has found a back door to broadcasting in Britain, despite being officially banned there. British regulator Ofcom revoked CGTN's broadcasting licence last month, but now it's received approval from the authorities in France, giving a way for the broadcaster to circumvent the ban. Vicky Wong has more. Ofcom slapped the broadcasting ban on CGTN on February the 4th on the grounds that the broadcaster's state-backed ownership structure violated UK law. The British regulator said a proposed transfer of CGTN's licence to a different media group would still keep the network tied to the Chinese Communist Party. But the network argued that under European rules, it was authorised to broadcast in another European Council member country, in theory allowing it to continue broadcasting in Britain as well. CGTN had in December last year a applied for a licence from France to continue airing in Council of Europe countries, which has now been approved. Under French law, the broadcaster only needed to meet two technical criteria. CGTN had to be distributed by a French satellite via a signal emitted from France. 
the legal manoeuvre could allow the Chinese network to broadcast in Europe, including Britain, without the need of prior authorization. However, it also means French authorities can exercise oversight of CGTN broadcasts and levy sanctions if the network incites hatred or violence or fails to respect standards of human dignity. Defiant demonstrators have returned to the streets of Myanmar to continue their protest against the military coup, despite the increasing use of deadly force by the police. The UN says 38 people were killed yesterday, funerals of some of the dead are taking place, and roadside shrines have been set up to honour them. The BBC's Jonathan Head says yesterday's violence shows there's now a concerted attack underway by the military on its own people. Some of the things we saw yesterday are just almost too appalling to describe. Many of the people who were killed were shot by war weapons, by high-velocity bullets, fired directly at their heads. Most of them were headshots or chest shots. At least 38 people killed, but we also saw the security forces savagely beating people that they captured. I mean, really beating them to the point of being close to death. Medics as well, medical workers, we saw at least one, and all this stuff is captured by people filming from their apartments, at least one summary execution of somebody who'd just been dragged in by the police. For the third time in succession, a test of an unmanned SpaceX rocket has ended in a fireball. What had, ha- what had appeared to be a successful takeoff and landing at the test site in Texas developed into a fiery explosion when the rocket blew up eight minutes after touchdown. Video showed the rocket listing slightly after its return and automatic suppression systems trying to douse flames. SpaceX, founded by the billionaire entrepreneur Elon Musk, hopes to send the heavy lift rocket to Mars. In other business news, Wharf Real Estate Investment Company has dipped into the red after the coronavirus crisis pummeled its retail and hotel businesses. The property company reported an annual loss of $7.9 billion for 2020, compared to a profit of nearly $4 billion in the previous year. Sports Now and the Hong Kong Rugby Union says it's confident that the Hong Kong Rugby Sevens can be held safely in November. According to plans for a condensed 2021 season announced by World Rugby on Wednesday, the SAR will host a joint men's and women's round on the weekend starting on November the 5th. Rugby Union CEO Robbie McRobbie says the city will be ready. There's no complacency uh, either from the Hong Kong Rugby Union or, or World Rugby. Um, but, but equally, um, you know, we, we're taking the very best medical advice. We, we are liaising with, with the government. Um, and, you know, we're, we're confident that we're going to be in a situation at the back end of the year where we're going to be able to put on a tournament um, which is going to be safe. For, for the fans, for the teams, for the officials, um, and will be will be a lot of fun. You know, we'll we'll have new Olympic champions. Um, it'll be the first time mm. that Hong Kong has hosted both the core men's and women's competition. Um, the the Hong Kong men's and women's teams will be will be taking part in in both of those, uh, facing the best teams in the world. So um, a lot to look forward to. The Hong Kong Rugby Union CEO Robbie McRobbie there. A reminder of our top stories tonight. All 47 pro-democracy figures are remanded in custody after a marathon bail hearing, leaving some family members outside the court in tears. And the MPC adds electoral reform in Hong Kong to its agenda. The news from RTHK. Thanks. In the newsroom, uh, Todd Harding. More headlines at midnight.
17 after 11 on Radio 3. Bit of an instrumental there. Walk, Don't Run. Originally it was uh, 1954, uh, recorded by jazz guitarist uh, Johnny Smith. But, of course, it was The Ventures, and uh, uh, they had a hit with it in uh, June of uh, 1960. Loggins and Manisa. Your mama don't dance. Mama don't dance and your daddy don't rock and roll. Your mama don't dance and your daddy don't rock and roll. When evening rolls around and it's time to go to town, where do you go? To rock and roll. The old folks say that you gotta end your day by ten. If you Cause your mama don't dance and your dad 